Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 177. The time has come. Obi-Wan is finally coming. By the time you guys watch this, it might actually already be here. Obi-Wan comes out this Friday. Oh my gosh. The years and years of waiting, not knowing if this project even existed, what stage of production it was in. It is finally happening. The return of the almighty Ewan McGregor. So today, in honor of one project escaping development hell for what feels like a decade, we're gonna talk about some movies that actually somehow manage to escape the fiery gates that is development hell. We'll also kind of decide whether or not these movies should have just stayed in development hell if we're happy that they're escaped because there's a little bit of both sides to this. Um, but Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm chilling, my dude. Uh, <clears throat> shaved my beard <laughs> since last time. Uh, decided to lay like, hey, it's the summer. Let's try something new to, uh, this time around, I guess. Uh, for, yeah. And for our audio only listeners, uh, if you want to just picture like Egghead from Batman '66 mixed with a musketeer. Okay. okay. There's a little bit of mu- <laughs> there's a little bit of musketeer happening here. All right, listen. To listen. be fair, though, in Josh's defense. If y'all go back and watch some of the old, like, Movie Guy 17, not even 17 reviews, but, like, old Nathan videos, oh, bro, I have, I oh, have, bro. I have full-on musketeer facial hair right there, and I'm just going, it's, why? That doesn't even connect between the, the mustache and the lip. Are you proud of that look? Uh, <laughs> you were. You were trying real hard. <laughs> Josh and I both have had some questionable facial hair over time. Absolutely. Uh, so mine, mine just all migrated. My hair just migrated to my face, so it's it, it is. Josh just sneezed point. hard one day, and he became Steve Harvey. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh man! Oh, look at that! <laughs> all of a sudden, he's got like five suits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did these come from? What is this? <laughs> you watching anything oh, good there, God. White Steve Harvey? Oh gosh. Um. So we get to finally talk about the northman because i finally went and saw it oh boy that sigh speaks volumes to me i am i glad i saw it once yes will i ever see it again probably not i uh i i guess i was expecting more of like i keep wanting to be like i guess i was expecting more of an epic but like the movie literally ends with them fighting hand to hand on a volcano like it doesn't really get like more epic than that and like it's definitely story super nerd stuff here but it's definitely storytelling wise laid out exactly how like a a like an old saga would be lined up like yeah and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then he went here and then he went here so like it's faithful if robert if robert edgars is anything he's historically historically accurate however (laughs) Um, I I don't even care if I spoil some stuff here. Uh, it's been I, out long it enough. It is hard. Yeah, it is hard to get behind your main main character when he's trying to avenge the death of his father, who turns out is actually a terrible human being. Um, so it's kind of like, all right. So, do we want him to you know get revenge because we want him to have like his personal journey cool but then like it turns out his mom like was in on the whole hit and it's like okay which i'm curious to go back and watch it after knowing what 
the thing mm-hmm. about his mom just like is she saying what she's actually said later in the movie or did she like come to terms with her situation and then was just like yeah i'm okay yeah like uh, also <laughs> probably the best william defoe appearance of all time um if you've seen it you know what i mean it's in the first like 10 15 minutes of the movie and it is literally the best thing i have ever seen william defoe do ever um <laughs> But I don't know. A uh, lot more uh, on Taylor, Taylor Joy than I thought we were going to get um, in more than one way. Um, yeah, no, like this is just in general. It's a, it's a cool movie, but I don't think I need to watch it again. Um, which Josh, I think is... Josh is over here in the corner going, eh, but I wanted a blood eagle. <laughs> I did. They literally did everything else. Like cat, like legit, like cut a man open and hung him up, hung him upside down. Like, they like put hands inside wounds. Uh, Hamlet, lit- Hamlet literally steals a man's heart. Like, like it cuts off a man's nose. Uh, first of all, that's my favorite line in the whole movie. When he gets back, find to, to finally killing the guy who he's cut his nose off, and he's like, "The pup took the nose. Now the wolf is here to finish the job." And I was like, "Ooh, that's cool. I like that." But like, and there's a, there's a, a lot of really really cool lines in this in this movie, but it's. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> it was not what I wanted it to be, I guess. Maybe I went in with expectations or something, but uh, yeah. And over <laughs> here, Josh is doubting me, saying the unbearable weight of massive talent is the best movie of the year <laughs> over the Northmen. And he's just like, we'll see until I see the Northmen. I'm like, no, no, do not doubt the cage. However, <laughs> if Nicolas Cage is in the next Robert Eggers movie alongside Bruh. Willem Dafoe, Bruh. and who can out-crazy each other, <laughs> oh... My gosh. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine if I, Nicolas Cage played the dad in the Vavitch? Stop, dude. I, there's so I'm much just trying to picture stuff. him saying some of that dialogue. <laughs> what but, thou like, the dad is also perfect. The dad is perfect in the Vavitch, though. Yeah. Problem. I mean, uh, and also, like, cast. that dad, like, hmm. legitimately hated the goat. Like, he had actual yes. issues with the goat, <laughs> which I think... Black Phillip supposedly was a dick on the set of the the bitch yeah Um, apparently (laughs) uh so only thing i really watched uh i introduced my dad to the batman now that's on hbo max Uh, i think he liked for the most part i don't know where he would rank it in all time but he seemed to enjoy it i could tell that he immediately bought in with pattinson then i'm just like good job because pattinson is just fantastic uh that's the only thing i really was watching i might watch some stuff this weekend uh but i've been listening to there's a batman scripted podcast called batman unburied that was like one of the first Mm. ones that they've just like this big deal that dc made with spotify to make like scripted shows so for all these younger generations they're what we call radio dramas that's all it is this they're like it's a podcast it's a it's a radio drama it's It's good i the first episode (laughs) was kind of weirded out because the first episode has like no batman connections like at all like batman is a doctor and his parents own the hospital and are still alive but when you get more and more episodes it makes sense and i really like where it's going so if you want an interesting radio drama podcast like the no sleep podcast type thing but one overarching narrative with batman it's not bad so far it's not done yet but it's pretty good uh winston duke mbaku voices um voices bruce wayne He's got Interesting. a he's got a pretty good Batman voice. I'll give him that. Uh, John Reese Davies is in it as a doctor, okay. and his voice is pretty good. 
but yeah um it's super easy barely an inconvenience each episode is like 30 to 40 <laughs> minutes it's not too long when you watch so much youtube it creeps into your your vocabulary uh, that, that one just slips out now whether i want it, it to or not it does it totally does oh I, uh, really I also... <laughs> gosh dang it um I also watched uh, The Gentleman, which was something I'd been wanting to That's been to on my list out. for a little bit, but very few places have it to rent just to buy. It's on Netflix, actually, I think. On Netflix, like right. just wholesale. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Partial sale <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> Netflix sale. says, at um, the rate Netflix is going, here's half a movie. Yeah, like, seriously. Uh, Starring Melissa do, McCarthy. Do, do, do you want me to give you give you my opinion, or you want to wait until you watch it? Uh, give me your opinion. It's Guy Ritchie. Okay. It's it's Guy Ritchie, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That could be a good thing you, or a bad thing. Yeah. Yes? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> the, 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 everybody who's in it is absolutely awesome. I buy into their characters. They're interesting. Um they kind of uh they i will say matthew mcconaughey mcconaughey's character story-wise they kind of do some backflips so that he doesn't have to do an accent um <laughs> but uh it works it's fine i'm i'm I, it was it, it's a good time it's worth at least like one or two like watches um yeah it's cool if anything you know just like just to see uh oh geez what's his name again the guy that we always want for Green Arrow, um, Charlie Hunnam. Yes, he's fantastic, and I love him in that movie. Guy Ritchie um, really does love him some Charlie Hunnam. I mean, we all love ourselves some Charlie Hunnam. If we're Only honest. if he's Green um, Arrow. Dang it, he's starting to age out of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there. But like, he's still like age. He's just he ages like fine wine. It's not. It's just not fair. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, my dad. What's so weird is my dad watched. The Batman without me uh, ah. last week, and I was like, so, "Oh, okay." So, how does betrayal feel? <laughs> it feels too real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, in part to his credit, I was very, very busy these past couple weeks. So, to yeah, I, I just couldn't find time. It is what it is. But he also really liked it and like really liked Pattinson and seemed to really enjoy the Riddler. Uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really it's weird how both of our dads wouldn't watch the Batman this past week. You ready to talk about some trailers? Let's get into it, my dude. Yeah, so let's talk about some trailers. Um, I'll be blatantly honest. Both trailers that we're going to talk about this week, I think, are good, but could have been a lot better. Not bad, mm -hmm. just could have been better. And we got to start with the Thor love and thunder trailer now this is like the actual first official trailer the first one was absolutely a teaser trailer it was absolutely decent this one gives us a better idea of the overall story but i'm still just kind of eh about it like some things in this trailer really work for me gore the god butcher mm. looks awesome like i mm. still his design is definitely different than the comics and I'll be curious how much of the lore that they go into, because for those that don't know, there's some elements to Gore the God Butcher that ties to symbiotes, which mm -hmm. are very Spider-Man connected, but that belongs to the Spider-Man universe. Maybe they introduce that, maybe they don't, I don't know. But you can clearly tell why they got Christian Bale to do this, because 
that man is absolutely terrifying. Just put a camera in front of him and he can be absolutely terrifying. What I love, though, is after this Thor trailer, you see all the American Psycho jokes about, yes. like, the perfect off-white coloring. Oh, my yes. God, it has a watermark. And it just shows him as going to the God Butcher. I'm just like, well played. But for everything that I did like about this trailer, Gore the God Butcher, the color palette, I love the vibrancy of stuff, mm-hmm. contrasting with the desaturated, almost Sin City look of wherever Gore mm-hmm. is, because I, I love that contrast. There's some stuff that I didn't love. Case in point, what the actual F does Thor have on his head? Oh my god. I have champion for the return of the winged helmet for a while this ain't it taika what is this it is ugly as sin like wow also can we just not get helmets right because i don't particularly care for natalie portman's jane foster's helmet either maybe something with the eyes i think because the helmet that Thor wears in the first one, it's just a winged helmet. It doesn't have eyes. Maybe that's what's yeah. kind of messing it up because both this Thor one and Lady Thor both have, like, eye slits. And it it just does – something about it looks off. But this helmet in particular, I saw it first on Leaked Toys months ago. And I was like, that just screams toy. This just screams toy even more. I like the vibrancy of the suit. I think it looks cool. But, man, that mask is distracting, <laughs> as well as the line that comes to the Jane? Jane? I was like, oh, wow. Dude, the way that he says it, it sounds like Scooby-Doo. It sounds like <laughs> Scooby-Doo going, going like, like, that's what it sounds like. And it, it's so weird. And there's, But, like, I'm with you. With everything that I didn't like in this trailer, there are equal amounts of stuff that I did like. Um like Korg telling the story of Thor <laughs> went from dad bod to god bod. Like that's just like the way that he he taught he he tells that the story in the beginning is very interesting and um some of the cool stuff that they're going to do with uh broken or shattered Mjolnir is looks like it's going to be really that cool. That did look very cool. Um even Jane without the helmet. Like I'm a fan of she the look. She looks better I without like the helmet, I think. Absolutely. And I was like I am down also when did natalie portman get jacked i'm kind of intimidated and aroused i uh yeah the the internet as a whole is like um mommy um which is very interesting and i don't know how to deal well with that then again you're talking to the internet which also fell in love with that resident <laughs> evil lady for more or less the same reasons lady d yeah yeah um uh yeah there was <clears throat> no reason for that at all um nope <clears throat> Anyway, <laughs> but there's a lot of really, really fun stuff that I think to like. We get our kind of first actual look at Ze- as Russell Crowe's Zeus, um, who, who is, is absolutely uh, going to die. Absolutely going to be like our introduction to Gore. Uh, but you know what? It is it, the line that the little scene we have him in is very funny. I love it. Sure, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, so obviously, you blur that out for the trailer. Um, <laughs> how, how, how are you going to swing that in the movie there, guys? Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they don't blur it and you'd be, everyone can see Chris Hemsworth's butt. I actually would laugh even harder if it stays censored in the movie. 
like a la Deadpool of like they just never explain they it. just never acknowledge why it's censored so Taika Waititi the blessed man that he is had some rather interesting comments that I might just be reading too much into it of uh, some interviewers asking him about like fans are kind of expecting this to be a passing of the torch movie between Chris Hemsworth's mm. Thor and passing off the torch to Lady Thor and he's like and he came out and said, I was like, I don't know what Marvel's future plans are, but we shall see, more or less. To me, I don't think that's what the route this movie's going to take. No. I'm going to put my early prediction now. I think Jane Foster dies in this movie. Because for those that yeah. know Lady Thor, and I could be getting this wrong, but I believe what makes her worthy is in the comics she's it's i believe breast cancer she's dying of breast cancer as jane foster but every time she wields mjolnir it basically resets her chemotherapy so like any of the work she's done to get rid of the cancer in her gets undone every time she's thor but she knows that the world needs a thor because our thor donald blake version i guess we want to call him that his earth name that they've only ever mentioned once um since the world doesn't have that, she takes it upon herself. I don't know if Disney has the balls to kill a character off via cancer. I mean, mm, maybe Star-Lord's yeah. mom. I'm trying to remember if that's how she died or not. But It is. It is, yeah. I could be way off. I have a sneaking suspicion that Jane will die in this. They've Taika Waititi has said that this will be a very emotional movie. As funny as it is, it will still have a lot of heart and emotion to it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me hoping as a non-Jane fan. I'm hoping to be won over, but I still can't shake the feeling that maybe she dies. Yeah, and I, I can totally understand where you're coming from on that. I think the the thing that supports it more is that technically Jane is like the last string for, for Thor to tie up. Uh, you know, Loki's gone. His parents are gone. Asgard's gone. Mjolnir's gone. Like he, he, it's his last. It's the last string to tie up, as far as like the from the first two, <clears throat> first two Thor movies. It's the only relationship that he hasn't been able to repair yet. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if he gives up the like the. The, the the fighting and all that like he kind of says in the teaser um because he he does want to change and he wa wants to see difference in the world and he doesn't think fighting is, is that way blah 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 but then also like why get into shape but um but then through jane's actions in the course of the movie in order to fight gore perhaps there's a change in, in thought there. I mean, one of the lines Gore has in the in the movie, in the trailer at least, is, um, you know, that's what set, sets you apart from the rest, is that you care for, you generally care for others. Um, now, he could be saying that to Jane after he kills her in front of Thor, but, you know, we'll see what happens. If anybody's getting killed on this poster, though, I don't think it's Thor or Natalie Portman. No, no. It's going to be Korg. If anybody's mm. got a high target on their back, I think it might be Korg. I don't want to say that because Korg is a treasure and the rest of the MCU could die. And as long as Korg mm -hmm. survives, it is still a victory in my book. Yeah. Uh, 
Also, the more I look at this picture of the god-awful helmet that Thor is wearing, if you take off the ears, it kind of looks exactly like the Black Knight's helmet. Kit Harrington's character in the Eternals, who might someday, sure you know, be connected to certain weapons that might be used later in a Blade movie. Uh, this also... Maybe it's hard for me to get excited for this. As much as we both love Thor Ragnarok, it's one, you and I have kind of talked about it briefly. Phase four has not really registered with us a ton. Yeah. It's been very, very spotty. I do kind of wonder where this fits into everything. Like everything we've seen so far from phase four kind of seems leaning towards multiverse. Oh, except for this one cosmic story over here, kind of off doing his own thing. You like Thor? Please. It's the one character at this point that you still care about from phase one. Please, 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 please. It's stability. We need you to go see this. Like, this, this feels <laughs> yeah. like an outlier compared to the other larger story, which I feel like we still kind of don't know what the larger narrative going forward is. Yeah. And I, and to be fair, it phase one, it took a little, like it took after Avengers for us to get a bigger like story. But see, even, but, even after the first Iron Man, it ends with Nick Fury going, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. We knew yeah. the end goal was Avengers. And along the way, we kind of could kind of see the path ahead of us right now. It, it's the pieces are so jumbled. I don't feel like we have yeah. a clear picture like we have in the past. And I can't decipher if that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think we'll give them, <laughs> you know, as the, as a uh, movie exec, we'll give them till, till this movie. And then we'll kind of see if they have a bigger picture that's going to start unfolding. <laughs> now it's time to talk about Josh's favorite film franchise of all time. Mission Impossible, <sighs> the trailer for Dead Reckoning. Okay, Josh, before we get started on this one, if you were trapped on a deserted island with those, like, old-school DVD players that you bring into your class when you have a substitute teacher, like, the kid, like, wheels it in. That's the only thing on your mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on your desert island. And you have both the entire Mission Impossible franchise and the entire Scream franchise. Which is the one that you are stuck watching for the rest of your life? Mission Impossible. Okay. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay, uh, good. So <laughs> I actually really liked this trailer. Um, one of my biggest kind of quips with the Mission Impossible, not quips, issues with uh, Mission Impossible is that they do tend to get to wrap everything in a pseudo nice bow at the end. So it kind of just gets rid of some of the tension in that way. Uh, but the part one got me. I was like, okay, I've seen all this stuff happening in this film, and it, it, there's gonna be another one like that. To me, that was really, really intriguing. Like, the, I really like the trailer. There's some really good shots. <laughs> you had to have the Tom Cruise running shot like halfway into the trailer. Um, it was cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I don't know why at the end of the trailer when they when he drives the bike off the cliff and then they like pause for a really long time. Like they're gonna show something and then they cut out. It, guys, we know you're gonna use a squirrel suit. Squirrel suit. It's just, it's okay. Just you can. We we know that's gonna happen. It's all right. <laughs> so let's put this uh -oh. on record. Josh likes a Mission Impossible trailer more than I do. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> and here's why. I like the first half of this trailer. 
The okay. second half, um, did the editor on this trailer forget to turn some layers back on before they exported their project file? Because, Josh, go back and watch this trailer. And in the second half, where the heck is the sound effects or any nat sound? I did, yeah, I did it's notice so that. It's so awkwardly noticeable. Like when he, at the end, the moment that you brought up, when he jumps off the cliff with the motorcycle. Why was there no, like, wind sound or bike revving up sound? There's cars crashing. Why don't we hear that? There's... It's It felt so bizarre. It felt like a movie montage that I would have made back in 2015 before I could properly edit things with sound effects. Like, it... It feels like, so this trailer got leaked like a day before, and it was also the trailer that they showed at CinemaCon. It feels like they're like, well, balls. We gotta send this trailer out now because it's leaked, and we want to release this this weekend with Top Gun Maverick, which I'm hearing is phenomenal. I feel like it wasn't quite done yet. Those sound effects are noticeably missing. What is it with Tom Cruise movies having <laughs> audio <laughs> issues in their trailers? Looking at you, mummy. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. Because, God, like, it really is. Like, it's just it just happens to Tom Cruise. And he is, uh, um, he's pretty uh, hands-on with his that, that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised so if he like... cut this trailer. <laughs> he uh spent <laughs> he halted production for three years so that he could uh learn how to edit movies himself um okay but that actually i wouldn't be surprised yeah because yeah, uh... <laughs> didn't he halt he halted pr- production on like maverick for a while so everybody could learn how to fly planes yep like in real life and it was like okay but why <laughs> you just see him in a like little tiny um uh, editing booth just like opening like final cut seven or something from a few years ago just be like okay how do i ingest how do i how do i what's my in and out here what cut the clip (laughs) you just got some guy be like okay hit command k hit command i command o move the clip there like i i would love to see that needs to be like a netflix like spoof like a robot chicken or something tom cruise needs to do everything himself so Robert Rodriguez teaches him how to be a filmmaker. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's too good. I have actually, I, I don't, I think that's exactly what happened at this point. That is exactly what happened because that is, there's a large portion of this trailer that's very weird. That it's like, okay, where, where are my sound? Where's my sound? This is weird. And there's a lot of like awkward shots of like the one of the female leads like turns around and makes a weird face <laughs> in the middle of the trail it's so it's so, it's so weird but i got hyped so that's that's all i'm I'm, I'm still very hyped for this movie and i think it'll be great yeah. i've liked all of them from four on i think it's nice having christopher mcquarrie and an actual designated team each time as opposed to just replacing him each time yeah. um i still think some of them are probably going to die this movie to set the stakes for the final movie i am still very excited I like that this trailer seems to imply that this movie, the last two movies, in fact, will make everything full circle. They're bringing back one of the characters from one of the older movies. There's certain elements from this trailer I'm going, that looks suspiciously like something from a previous movie. I would like it if they... Basically, 5 and 6 felt like continuations of each other, and I wouldn't be surprised if 7 and 8 try and find a way to bring back 1 through 3 back into the fold mm-hmm. somehow and make it like a, oh, no, no, 
this has been an overarching narrative the entire time, which I think would be a really cool way to tie things up. Um, Tom Cruise is always good in these movies, but I'm also just looking forward to the return of Simon Pegg. Rebecca Ferguson on a bridge with a samurai sword. And then Dude. Rebecca Ferguson with an eye patch and a sniper battle. Say less, man. I hope Rebecca Ferguson snipes Haley Atwell. That just sounds <laughs> so mean. But I'm calling it now. Haley Atwell is a double agent. I think she's a bad guy. Just calling it now. Um, oh, get- well, I mean, I thought she already was, but okay. <laughs> So it's all because Cap uh, didn't save a dance for her. Oh, how dare she? So rude. <laughs> also, I mean, yeah. Jason Bourne shows up at the end of this. Oh my God! It's Ethan Hunt. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Mission, Dude. Imp- Mission Impossible. Treadstone. So anyway, uh, we're not doing that. Uh, why would we do that when we have other atrocities to not remember? Atrocities like legacy. Atrocitus. <laughs> Notice this segue here. Atrocitus is a superhero. You know who else is a superhero that's red? Daredevil. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. So in the least surprising news, Disney's going, yeah, we're actually going to do something with Daredevil after we canceled it and took it away from Netflix because Netflix, you lost your privileges. You didn't play nice with other people. And also, you know, we have a streaming service that's probably going to overthrow you someday. So Disney Plus is officially working on a Daredevil TV show. Wow. Can't say I didn't see this one coming after that No Way Home appearance and also half the characters in the Hawkeye show. Uh, and also, there was rumors for a while there that this upcoming Echo TV show would be secretly a Daredevil show, which I, I get why people would think that. There's certain Daredevil characters and one major character in particular but i'm like no daredevil will probably just end up getting his own show i would imagine since he was in no way home that will just get charlie cox back i'm already seeing people online be like it's not going to be as good as the netflix stuff you never know you're probably right but you never know <laughs> yeah well people always forget season three and four so uh, we could do we could do pretty well also how good would it be to not have an awkward helmet like god like thank god i t- hated that suit so much like bl- his ninja style not- looking suit was better yeah like oh gosh i love the i love the devil suit so cool um the the devil of a uh, hell's kitchen but um season one is good it is not perfect season two is good it is not perfect i think there for a show that feels like it came out didn't come out too long ago um which i'm pretty sure it's almost a decade old at this point yeah it came out when um, we were in college yeah so it's six 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 years six or seven years give or take nine um yeah, six or seven years. Um, <laughs> Again, I'm trying for, to remember, for folks trying at to... home, Josh is terrible with math and or numbers. I... Nah, not that. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I can count how many times you've said that. Um... <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but Josh yeah, can like, only count to a... four. Also, props nah. to you for getting that reference if you get that at home. <laughs> <laughs> not three, not four. Um... But yeah, like I, I I agree with you though. This is the least surprising thing. I think it's the smartest decision. 
Um, I think the big sad will be not having anywhere because they didn't put this on regular Disney, the Netflix show. They just it's just nowhere. It doesn't exist now at, at the kind of right because they just they moved all the shows to Disney Plus, but only in like Canada or something like that. No, it's on Disney Plus. Oh, it is. Okay, cool. cool because remember we talked we talked about it on the show. We talked Dude, about they bro. brought the Netflix stuff with uh, parental controls. So oh, I think that's, that's right, the that's point right, that's in the right, show's right. favor is they might let it be Netflix levels of violence because we have parental controls now on Disney Plus, and we said even then on that episode expect more r-rated content to come to disney plus sooner rather than later because they're missing audience members now they have the family demographic they need to get the young adult slash middle-aged people that prefer the more adult content you can't mm-hmm. just all folks i know you're disney and you want to have family-friendly content you can't you gotta have some other stuff there especially here's, streaming service yeah and here's where i pissed joss off Josh, Josh, words are difficult. I can't count and you can't talk. Take that. <laughs> Perfect recipe for a podcast. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to piss off Josh with this. There Gosh, go. I hope this is their window to bring in the yellow suit. Bring in <laughs> the yellow no. and maroon suit, oh you cowards. It's the one thing I wanted from you. I know you'll do a better red suit than Netflix. And I I trust that you'll do like the, the traditional... Nice bright red, closer to like a spandex, homemade looking suit. But before you do that, just once, I don't even care if it's in flashback. Give me the yellow and maroon slash brown, depending on who's coloring it. Daredevil, please. I need my mustard yellow, ugly, Astro's vomit sunset Daredevil. You upset me. I know. I'm... I look. We both want different things because I just want him to actually use batons. In yes, this, in this, this that show. I will agree with. Like, just please, just he doesn't have to use them to swing around the city. I'm okay. No, with that. yes, he that, does. No, I mm, I'm okay with him not doing that because there is a certain level of like non believability about that. What? Uh, you, yeah. Uh, but like, give him the batons, please, and like. Yes, yes. I hear you at home saying, but Josh, they gave him the batons in the Netflix show. Yes, for like two episodes. Um, and he never, he throws them maybe once or twice. I need this all the time. And I need him like, you know what? No, no. Because you said that we would never get sp- the the spider wing webbing. And then we did. And you know what? Uh, th- no, th- I am saying I want get, let him swing from building to building using extendable batons that to fold up into his his uh, blind man cane. Do it, absolutely do they it. Freaking didn't Ben Affleck, cowards. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you are you gonna let Ben Affleck Daredevil show you up? Are is that really what you're gonna do? Come on. Oh <sighs> no! Oh no! Oh, no, no! 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 If this show shows up on Disney Plus, making it officially an MCU. I need Happy Hogan to show up in this Daredevil TV show because for those who remember, John Favreau was in the Ben Affleck Daredevil. I need this to happen now. (laughs) It'd be great. It'd be honestly at this point, let's do bullseye and let's bring Colin Farrell into to be bullseye again. I I don't even care. Bullseye is the best part of that movie. So let's, let's bring him back in. I don't know. I dude, I'm just I'm excited for some more Daredevil content. I'm excited for some Marvel, like adult-ish content. I mean, if we got 
anything from Doctor Strange. It was that Marvel's okay with going in certain directions, um, even if it's not that great of a story. But still, the visuals are fantastic. So let's see. Absolutely, I can see them going in a more violent direction with Daredevil. And it needs to, honestly. Well, let's get ready for some good news. Some glorious news, if you will. And that is... We are in the midst of a massive shakeup over at Warner Bros. Discovery, and the future of DC stuff is kind of up in the air, but we know that is a priority for David Zasliff and his new team. Well, apparently they've issued a new edict that, going forward, all DC-related properties, movie-wise, must be going to theaters, not to streaming. Wow! Nice. It's so weird what happens when you input common sense into your business practices. Like, this just <laughs> seems like a no-brainer. TV shows... I get it. Like the Penguin spinoff show of the Batman, Peacemaker Season 2, that type of stuff. That makes sense for streaming. But Batgirl, we can talk about it a little bit. Blue Beetle. These type of things have the chance to make you a lot of money. Um, And also, like, superhero movies, they want to make this their bread and butter. So put your money where your mouth is and put these movies in theaters. Primarily also so I can scream my head off when and if Nightwing shows up in the Batgirl movie. I want to experience that in a theater and deafen the eardrums of those of my, the people that I love. I don't need them to hear me anymore because I've been crying into the void long enough for this to happen. <laughs> um, but also... <laughs> I th- honestly, I think this that's one of those things that I don't know if you'll scream. I think you will cry right there. Just ball. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like no screaming, just like instant body body shutdown. Like, oh my god, thank goodness! Like the Will Smith meme of him crashing onto the floor in uh, Fresh Prince. But no, yes. Here is here's going to be the Uncharted Media dated reference of the week. I'll be like that teen girl that cried her eyes out during Sanjay's performance on American Idol. Oh wow! <laughs> Jeez. Um... <laughs> So Josh much is like that. So I got, I got this. I got this. I got this. Out of Sanjaya reference. I got this. So much like that reference that Nathan just made. Pants on the ground. Pants on the ground. <laughs> Wonder Woman. The Wonder Twins has been canceled because it also is too niche. Bam! Got that segue. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jeez, is your back okay for trying to twist your way out of that? Good yeah, lord. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't have much of a back anyway. That um, is true. But, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm also like not surprised at all that the Wonder Twins was canceled. Like, it really, even when it was announced, both you and I were like, this could be interesting, but like, why do this and ignore Superman? Why do this and ignore some like Green Lantern? You know and what I mean? We will so talk it, about Superman in a bit here. Oh goodness. Um, so we'll so yeah, like that totally makes sense. Um And I know some people the, are worried about the it's weird to say, but I know some people are worried about the Wonder Twins movie getting canceled so soon after it got announced. They're just like, Well, these were obscure niche characters. Uh, what future does that have for other niche characters? Like, we want to have our DC version of Guardians of the Galaxy. I get that. But I think what DC and David Zaslav and company are thinking for the time being is establish the well-known name brands before we dip into the well of the obscure characters. Like, let's yeah. let's get Superman right. Let's get Batman right. Let's get Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, yada, yada, yada. 
Let's get that established. Then, once we've established our rapport again, then we can get into the weird stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy was not the first movie in the MCU. We waited until Phase 2 to get into the really weird stuff. And that was after we built up the good reputation. I know some people are like, well, we got Batgirl and Blue Beetle. Those movies were pre-existing in production. They were too far along, I think, to cancel them. But also, I think they have a lot of faith in both of those movies. We'll touch on it briefly here. Because we don't talk about leaks normally, but there's some leaked set pictures of Blue Beetle. Oh my god. I thought the Aquaman costume at the end was comic book accurate and was like a living, breathing, you ripped this out of a comic book page. The costume that they have for Blue Beetle in this was surprisingly practical. A lot more practical effects than I was expecting. And it genuinely feels like they just got done playing Injustice 2 and rip that skin right out yeah. of the game. I'm going, oh. oh. Dude, like, it looks, oh, God, I cannot wait. I'm so, I, I, like, you and I try very hard to not really pull in anything from leaks, not really get too excited about them, but gosh, that suit's so gorgeous, and I know you and I are already hyped for Blue Beetle, so it's a little hard to not get, like, super hyped for it um but yeah like this like this is like the blue beetle i can see being friend, best friends with like beast boy and static shock like i, oh, I hate go. to be the bearer of bad news but i would not be surprised if static is temporarily put in developmental hell because <sighs> yeah there's been no forward progress on that in a little bit and i i think they could see potential in that but i think that's one of those characters that like nightwing as much as i hate pains me to say there's a lot of projects that have not made forward momentum in a while that i think that might be off the table for the time being like a cyborg movie, like Green Lantern, like Nightwing, yeah. like Static Shock. But I, getting back to the theatrical release thing, it's just a smart idea. It's yeah. Superhero movies make money. And clearly, just putting them straight to streaming doesn't always pan out in terms of your stream, streaming subscription numbers. Who knows? You could have one that could actually be a hit. I don't know if Sony was expecting Into the Spider-Verse to be as big of a hit as it was and resonate with people. So they never know. Superhero movies... Right now is the market, and they clearly want to get the DC brand to be a big deal, and I completely get that. Now, in this kind of like mini DC news dump, we have one other news story that kind of came across late, but also kind of validates some things that I've been thinking, and I feel like I mentioned it in passing one or two times in the podcast recently, and that involves J.J. Abrams. So we know back in 2019, J.J. Abrams and his company Bad Robot signed this deal for like 250 or 500 million i can't remember for a buttload of money to basically make content for warner brothers so far diddly squat of that has kind of really come to the surface and yeah. supposedly david zasliff ain't too happy about that he's kind of calling on the people that did run the ship he's just like um why did we pay so much money for this and we're getting nothing out of it as it was announced today that jj abrams has agreed to do a new TV show for Apple TV, not even HBO Max. I'm just going, huh? Because I remember pretty early on in that agreement when he signed on the deadline that he was going to be executive producing a Superman movie about a black Superman. I have a feeling that movie is not going to happen anymore because mm -hmm. I think they're going to focus their attention back to Clark Kent Superman, but also like... I said fairly recently on this podcast, they paid JJ all this money. And what is we what have we gotten to show for it so far? I know we had a pandemic. 
which kind of excuses some stuff, but by and large, his name was attached to a bunch of stuff, but nothing so far has come out of it. So I think they have every right to just go, okay, this is not working out. You are free to work elsewhere if you so desire, like Paramount, or clearly he's fine with working with Apple or Netflix. Like, <laughs> they pay all this yeah. money, and so far, nothing's come out of it. And I'm saying this as a J.J. Abrams fan. I like most of his stuff, but something about this seems sketch, and I'm glad David Zaslav is seeing this going, yeah, why do we pay so much money only for this to not pay off? If this is not helping us, get rid of it. Like, he's he is clearly cracking down. No one is safe, and I actually really appreciate that. No, absolutely, because it's like it, it gives me some hope for the future that okay you know what maybe it maybe some of the movies that we were really excited for are going to get postponed or maybe they're going to get scrapped out together looking at you ezra miller um who, who knows what's going to happen but instead of uh warner can't get their head out of their butts like what are they doing this feels finally like okay cool this is a man with a plan he's got Brian reasons Hendrick? for do yeah uh he's got five you. points for you guys if you get that reference <laughs> wow. I'm a man with a plan. Wow. god i haven't heard that name in forever um <laughs> mainly because he doesn't really work anymore anyway uh that's what happens when you're a pirate are... yeah well you know nobody likes short wrestlers so um but i just i i this particular point it feels less like uh, Warner can't get their crap together. What's going on? And more like, okay, this is a man with a plan. He's going in a specific direction. Thank goodness. <laughs> Lastly, at our news for this week is kind of a bizarre one, but I guess we haven't done anything with the Oceans movies in a little bit. Just throw some Margo in the mix and it'll be just fine as we're getting an Oceans prequel set in the 60s starring Margot Robbie. Honestly, that's really all I need to hear. I'm in. Like, I don't need any more than that. <laughs> Just, okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. Shut up and so, take so, my money. <laughs> so, 1960s. That's, uh, what, 20 years before the first the first Ocean's Eleven? No. 40. No, 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 no. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. I Again, can't look, dude. Josh is terrible. I can't do math. Can't numbers do math. and math. Good grief. I, bro, like I was saying, hey, I was just trying to do some quick math there, and that's what I got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that'd be cool. I guess I don't I don't know. I think the question for me will be why. Um, because Margot Robbie. Obvious, I mean, she's yes, a hot commodity like, right now. She is. Because she's uh, going to be in Pirates but, of the Caribbean, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I know that's like come to the forefront with the Johnny Depp trial, but I'm like, guys, that's not new. That was we covered that on a podcast. What feels like a year or a half? I feel like that was before mm-hmm. the pandemic because we've we've got two pirates reboots coming. We have got the Margot Robbie one, and supposedly we've got the um, Karen Gillan one too. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm on board with this one because Margot Robbie's a phenomenal actress. But two, I like the Ocean's trilogy. Still haven't seen Ocean's eight didn't really have a desire to i like a good heist movie heists are fun i like a good slick dude this could be like oceans meets austin powers tell me that doesn't sound awesome it doesn't sound awesome mike myers is who they're stealing from 
Uh, no, he's got his own show going on right now. Um, the Pentaverit. <laughs> and Colonel Sanders before he went. <laughs> I, I, there's a small part of me that wants to watch just because it's like, it's, it's, it's a Michael Myers, Myers movie. It's going to be. Move your head, that. boy. It's like Sputnik. <laughs> it's large and round, but pointy on certain points. <laughs> Guys, so I married an axe murderer. It's just so underrated. I, I love Michael Myers. Mike Myers. Yeah, There's Mike a difference Myers. between Mike Myers and Michael Myers. <laughs> Y'all saw about, Baby it, Driver to know this. <laughs> yeah, this is Mike Myers. No, the Halloween mask. This is a Halloween mask. <laughs> love it. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm down. Why not? Sure. I mean, I ain't got nothing else to do with my time. <laughs> is there anything like... Do you think there's anything that could be like an interesting? I was about to say treasure, but they don't really. It's not national treasure. Meets yeah. oceans. That however, however, Margot Robbie, <laughs> Margot Robbie is trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Also, like, so she's clearly going to be Danny Ocean's mom, right? Like, yeah, that clearly. that's got to be the connection because they can't keep going on the timeline because supposedly he's dead in Ocean's Eight. But I'm like. So he faked his death because you contractually could not get George Clooney back. Is, is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's like the George of the Jungle 2 joke. Studio too cheap to get George Clooney back. Um, <laughs> I think this could be really interesting, very stylized. If the King's Man didn't suck so much, I'd be curious to see Matthew Vaughn do something with an Ocean's movie, especially in this time yeah. period. He likes very stylized movies. I don't know if they'd bring back Steven Soderbergh, who did the original trilogy i believe it's steven soderbergh yeah um that seems to be like his baby i i'm down for this uh i do think it's funny though that oceans 11 is always like at the top of the list of movies that the remake is better than the original and people always forget <laughs> that there is an original so yeah. mark me down for curious it depends on who else is in this yeah. honestly absolutely i think the my one request might be that no to have a mixed gender team as opposed to like yeah. Black Ocean's Eight, that was just women, which is cool, and I like that. Or like, you the know, idea. most of the Ocean's trilogy. Yeah, which is all men. So it's like a mixed gender would be really, really, really cool. I, I more uh, layers of, of of storytelling there. So. so like an onion or an ogre. Yeah, <laughs> or a cake. A cake. A cake has layers. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> This week's episode, as per usual, sponsored by T Public, your one-stop shop for all things uncharted media, whether it's t-shirts, hoodies, uh, stickers, notebooks, wall art, whatever you're feeling with the uncharted media logo uh, and other cool designs that we've got. Go check it out. Support the show in that way and rock merch of your favorite podcast. If it's not us, we don't want to hear about it. <laughs> so Obi-Wan somehow did the impossible and got out of development hell. Well, not quite impossible, as we'll talk about. As there have been a couple movies over time that have had a long time spent in development hell that somehow, someway, like a demon from the, under the earth, crawled their way out and festered its way under our TV screens and film theater screens. Don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but sometimes mm -hmm. those hell spawns should have just stayed in development hell. Other times, it ends up working out. So, I've got quite a few movies, and Josh and I both, believe it or not, 
did a little bit of research for this. Some of these movies, I already kind of knew the history of because they're famous for their development, uh, mm-hmm. development hell, period. Um, I think I ended up with like eight or nine. I think Josh had it around yep. the same time. Josh, yep. what are we starting us off? When you hear development hell, what is the first movie that comes to your mind? Uh, I mean, personally, uh, the movie that comes to mind, we'll talk about later because I don't want to lead with it. Um, <laughs> but um, let's talk about the one for me that was the most surprising. Um, I didn't know that it took like almost 15 years, something like that, to make Alien vs. Vers- Predator. Yep, I that's that, on my list. I, I was very surprised that um, that I, it's one of those movies like – you as someone who was not like watching movies during that time um there that it's, predator 2 came out and then you know the, in 1990 yeah yeah and they were like hey hey let you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna make an alien versus predator movie and everyone's like all right cool 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 and they announced that like what 1993 or something and then they just like didn't do anything with it and just constantly changed things and then until finally coming out in like 2004 well, here's the thing. I don't know if you put this in your notes or not, uh, but there was actually some development, but it just wasn't on the movie front. For years, there was an Alien vs. Predator comic run written by Dark Horse Comics. Really? So these characters had crossed over in other mediums, but had never been able to do it for some reason or another in the movie sphere. And I think part of that was Ridley Scott worried that Alien vs. Predator would basically be like a Wolfman meets Frankenstein of like kind of a goof mm-hmm. crossover, which I will still defend Alien vs. Predator as not that bad. I enjoy it, really. I do. Absolutely. It's, it's Requiem that we pretend doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I know some people will be like, but it's R-rated like the first one should have been. Yeah, at least I can freaking see the action in the first Alien vs. Predator. But yeah, they actually cross over quite a bit <laughs> in comics, um, hoping yeah. someday it might end up leading to a movie. Um, it just took a lot longer because it was Predator 2, where Danny Glover is like, in one of the final scenes, like a trophy room, and you see the skull of a xenomorph. I'm going, oh, this is an Easter egg before there was an Easter egg. Um, oh, absolutely. In a similar vein, what is it with crossover movies just forever mm-hmm. being stuck in development hell whether it's alien versus predator or freddy versus jason mm-hmm. i actually have a book i forgot to get it out here for an example uh there's a whole book that's been written about this called i think it's called clash of the titans it's the making of freddy versus jason so it mm, all okay. go it's really fascinating to read um it all started with 1993's jason goes to hell arguably not even arguably definitively in my book the worst friday the 13th movie jason goes to hell jason blows up in the first five minutes and his weird spirit like haunts other people for the rest of the movie (coughs) and he gets stabbed by like his his only living family member or something at the end so at the end spoiler alert for jason goes to hell (laughs) <laughs> he goes to hell at the end <laughs> it's like yeah. what's that movie um to- uh, john dies at the end or something like that um, yeah yeah so in it we see the jason mask on some sand all of a sudden you see the hand of darth vader come out go i don't like sand setting up darth vader versus 
Jason Voorhees that came out in 2006, if we all remember. No, obviously the hand that came out and grabbed the Jason mask was the hand of Freddy Krueger. The funny thing was, at the time that that happened, there was only slight discussions about a crossover. They're like, <laughs> you know it would be fun? I don't know, what? Just put it in there. We'll see if legal will clear it later. <laughs> so that was 1993 was Jason Goes to Hell. Ten years later, we get Freddy versus Jason, which I, I enjoy both of those tremendously, which is weird because I don't actually like Nightmare on Elm Street all that much. It's not really a franchise I care about. I think this movie is mainly just because it's fun. This is the movie that I credit really starting that versus face in the modern era because mm-hmm, as talked mm-hmm. about Alien vs. Predator, that was 2004. Freddy vs. Jason was 2003. This has been an idea that had floated around for a while, but the problem was for a bit there, they were... They belong to two different companies, so getting them on the same page was difficult. And then there was a bunch of different script rewrites of, okay, what is the catalyst for these two actually fighting each other? Because, um, as we know, Freddy Krueger and Nightmare basically is a very Midwest story. And whether they ever actually stick to their own freaking continuity or not... Friday the 13th is supposed to take place in New Jersey. So it's like, well, how do these two stories merge into one? There's a whole bunch of script rewrites. There's talks of this, that, or the other thing. And eventually it came out. This is one of those... Oh, we should also mention whether or not we think these movies deserve to stay in development. Hell, we're glad they yeah. came out. So far, both Freddy vs. Jason and Alien vs. Predator, I am glad that they exist. I am glad that they were able to escape like the horror monsters that they are. They... I also don't think that these will be the last time that these things cross over. I think we will get another Alien vs. Predator movie someday, now that they, you know, exist in the same house again. Um, <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason might be a little more complicated because of the whole Jason, Friday the 13th, Victor Miller situation. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was interesting to bring up because this has actually spawned mm-hmm. books of how tumultuous this was of the two biggest icons and honestly, it really was a callback to that era of the Universal Monster crossovers. And Josh has died, I think. Yeah. Oh, there he absolutely. is. Absolutely. There's just, there's a lot of like, oh, 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 oh. You, you're alive, you're alive. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Are we here? Are we back? No? Yes. We, you're, you're good, Josh. Continue, sir. That's so slow on my end. I'm sorry, bud. Um, Okay. Uh, um, should we let should we stay in the horror vein and finally talk about the the craziness that is um, the It movie, but uh, with and all really? of this kind of stuff that happened, but leading up to its release. I don't um, have it at all. I did yeah, because it like they I wanted, actually am, um, I'm tapped out on horror, believe it or not. Yeah. Really? Okay, cool. So, like, believe it or not... <laughs> really? Like, you're out of horror ideas. Idea Good. scripts and, like... <laughs> um, believe it or not, the, like, the development and script writing and, and all that kind of stuff for it started all the way back in 2009. Like, they legit were, like, had already started to think about what could they, what could they, could, they could do to bring it to a film and out of, like, the... the, the tv um series obviously this was a reaction to certain other shows being um, put on being put out at the same time 
Um, but there's like, so if I'm, I, I'm going to have to read it cause there's a lot of like weird stuff. Um, so let's see, David, I don't know how to say that last name, David Kabakchik. Um, he originally got the rights to, to, and wrote the film was getting ready to direct it. And then just for one reason or not, his version was never realized. And so then they switched directors in 2012, like <laughs> after many years um, to carry, gosh, dude, Carrie Fukunaga. Oh yeah. Carrie Fukunawa. Yeah. yeah he yeah, just yeah. did no time to die. Yeah. 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 So they, he was uh, uh, slated to direct it in 2012. And then after two years, the project was completely removed from the schedule for no reason. <laughs> so there's that. And then, so then, but they're like, okay, cool. No, no, no. All of a sudden it's back on. It's, it's back on. And they're like, in fact, in 2016. And then, so they started principal of photography and then, <laughs> and then Carrie dropped out. <laughs> so it's like, they, they, they just keep going through directors like crazy as a lot of movies do for, from time to time. Um, and w eventually being replaced by mama's director, Andy Mushinet, Mushietti mm. and the flash yeah. director. Yeah. Mm. Don't envy that and, position. No, I do not. Uh, the, the thing that finally, and he's like the catalyst for it and advocated for the R rating and advocated to explore some of the more adult themes, which eventually finally started. And it, it seems like this is a theme in some of the other ones I'll talk about later that finally started just as the ball rolling as far as it's getting the through the principal photography, getting the script, getting some of the most, the more like monstrous ideas of what it could look like until it's eventual release. And I believe it was 2017, 2017. Yep. So it's just, which is just crazy. Like I didn't really, like, I think the theme here is a lot of these is like, I didn't know, like, obviously you and I, there's a certain point in time in which we started to kind of pay attention to movie news and like, to, like release dates and all that. But like, I just didn't realize that, the, two, 2009 i was getting ready to graduate high school like that's so crazy to me that it that all the way back then they were like hey yo like we need to make an it movie you know what i mean like that's hey, so yo. wild to me hey yo obviously i, t I talk exactly like a like a, a movie exec so oh, i was thinking scott hall <laughs> hey yo yeah i was thinking about that 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 uh tiktok it was about the guys in new york talking i mean <laughs> Josh can easily just be Scott Hall, and I'll be Kevin Nash. Bad quads and all. Yeah. Oh, mm, mm, mm. So, uh, we both have bad quads, and I. <laughs> oh yeah. So one of us will die of a heart attack. Oh no, that's no, too soon. Too soon. No, 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 no. I'm sorry okay, for that. Okay, oh, there, boy. Turk. <laughs> oh man. So I guess I have one that could kind of count as a horror movie-ish. That kind of fits in okay, the same okay. vibe as it. Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I guess okay. whatever we want to distinguish Ghostbusters 3, it eventually became Ghostbusters Afterlife, but in its early stages was Ghostbusters 3. So it start the production on this, or at least development on this, started way back in the 90s with what was then called Ghostbusters Hellbent, written by Dan Aykroyd. And this one would have actually wow. seen the Ghostbusters <laughs> in hell. So you know where, okay. where Bill Murray's character belongs. 
Um, <laughs> I will die on that hill that he's a scumbag, but y'all don't want to acknowledge that for some reason. Um, we'll talk about Bill Murray a little bit with this movie. Uh, so it started in the 90s with Ghostbusters Hellbent. Fast forward to 2005. The interest is still there, supposedly, for Ghostbusters 3 from studios. However, at this point, the script has morphed and they're no longer in hell. The story's back on Earth. Fast forward to 2008, we get new writers, and the original film's director, Ivan Reitman, is actually attached to this movie now. Cool, good progress, and it's scheduled for a 2012 release. Well, Bill Murray's still saying no. All these times that things have happened with this Ghostbusters 3, you can always point the finger to one person, one person only. Bill Murray refusing to do it. Bill Murray Hulk Hoganing and refusing to do the job, so to speak. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Are you telling me that the reason we haven't gotten a Garfield 3 is because Bill Murray won't do it? That's why Chris Pratt and Samuel L. Jackson are doing it now. Oh, oh gosh. Stop. But then, unfortunately, because... Again, because Bill Murray refused for so long... Ivan Reitman passed away in 2014, mm. making him no longer the one that will be spearheading the project. No, uh, no, not Ivan Reitman. Wow, that's horrible for me to say. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis passed away. Spang- uh, Egon Spengler passed away in 2014. Ivan Reitman is... No, uh, Harold Ramis passed away <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> Harold Ramis passed away in 2014, causing the departure of Ivan Reitman. He's like, if Harold's not there, I don't want to be there anymore. Um, Because Bill Murray's a dick and refused for so long. Oh, I'll do it now that he's gone, as he was in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, Eventually, it got turned into the Melissa McCarthy reboot because they're just like, Mm. okay, if we're not getting Ghostbusters 3, the franchise is still there, might as well reboot it. That movie did, I believe, $144 million worldwide, which is decent not a flop by any stretch but not enough to cover its enormous production costs so they're just like you know what we'll go with ivan reitman's son jason reitman and do a new version to kind of take some elements of hellbent which was supposed to be like egon spengler is withdrawn from the world and he's kind of off doing his own thing and his family's left to pick up the pieces which is kind of what happens with afterlife so um, that ended up doing well, and that'll continue moving on with the franchise. But yeah, a Ghostbusters three for a very long time was like the albatross of this will never happen because Bill Murray's a dick, and everyone kind <laughs> of knows that. Uh, but for some reason, Jeez. we we just acknowledge that as part of his charm. And now people are going, oh, maybe that's not a nice, you know, feature to have with someone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably not too far off from the truth, my dude. Um, okay, do we want to go in a Keanu direction or a Ryan Reynolds direction? I think I have both of these movies on my list. Let's see. I think so, too. Keanu. Okay, so we'll talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music then? Dang it! I knew we were going to talk about this! <laughs> We'll talk about like, it, seeing as I'm the one that actually has seen the movie. That is, that is, hey, and, hey, 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 hey. and, and saw it in 
theaters during a pandemic, but I saw it in theaters. <laughs> I was at a friend's wedding in Virginia, and did I make sure that we had a theater near us that was showing Bill and Ted Face the Music? I darn right did. So, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Bill, Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, the second movie in the franchise, came out in 1991. So they just kind of let it stew for a while. Actually... The creators have gone to record saying they didn't even really want to make Bogus Journey. They, the studio really pushed them into it. They, they just really liked Excellent Adventure, the first movie. And so they're mm-hmm. like, all right, we'll make Bogus Journey. And they were always very reticent to come back for a third one. They're like, we we enjoy Bogus Journey for what it was, but it wasn't to the level that we were hoping it would be. We fully acknowledge some of the flaws, which I'm going, there are no flaws in Bogus Journey. It's even better than Excellent Adventure. I said what I said. There are no bad Bill and Ted movies. But the thing is, Bill and Ted were creations of their own. Of They made them specifically for Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Uh, it was what got those writers like their big break. They were very emotionally attached to these characters. So they're like, we really will only come back to this story if it feels right. And so as they were getting older, they're just like, we don't feel like the 69 dudes. If those type of dudes really fit what their lifestyle was now as writers. So like, how do we age up these characters? And around 2008, 2009-ish, they're like, you know what? I think it's time. We need to come back to Bill and Ted. And they were pitching ideas around. And eventually, I think it was 2018, they finally announced, my dudes, we're coming back dude the circle k there's something to miss at the circle k which that circle k just closed permanently like that that location Jeez. is now gone forever i'm going that's 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 sad but they had a showing of the original bill and ted there before it closed which i thought was cool uh they announced in 2018 that they're doing bill and ted face the music i didn't remember because i was working at universal at the time and then this thing called covid happened <laughs> like we're coming out in 2020 Oh, no. But here's the weird thing. No one really talked about this because it kind of just dropped in the height of the pandemic. Not the height, but like August or September-ish of 2020. It also kind of had that day-date release, except it was a rental, like a $20 rental or see it in theaters. It killed on rentals. It actually did extremely well on home video. It did, obviously only a couple million dollars to the theaters because of everything happening around the world at the time. But on demand, it did extremely well. I highly doubt they'll make a Bill and Ted 3, but I was very happy to see that it did well. I saw it in theaters. I still very much enjoyed it. But basically what the third one was, it was just like, you know what? The first two, Bill and Ted are basically groomed to be the saviors of the world. Their music will unite the world in harmony. They're mid-40-year-old somethings with like college-age daughters, and they still haven't written that song they're washed up musicians that basically play weddings and like bingo night at retirement homes and they still haven't written the song and it's pretty simple pretty straightforward but it took him so long to get to this point uh josh i'd say watch it just for one cameo one cameo alone it's a great movie in and of itself but there's a great cameo i'll just say um it's a friend that Keanu has had for a very long time because Keanu Reeves used to have a band that used to tour with this 
person's band as well. Um, so yeah, Bill and Ted Face the Music had a very long production. It, it felt like that was the one of like, yeah, Bill and Ted Three. Sure, that that'll come out someday. It's not like yeah, Alex yeah, Winter was okay. particularly busy. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Actually, he's a um, he's a documentary filmmaker now. Really? Okay. He did cool. some documentary recently about Frank Zappa that supposedly is really good. <laughs> Zappa, I I just love that name. I, I, just, I have no idea, but yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Ryan Reynolds and the infamous infamous uh, quote unquote leaked test footage. <laughs> Which There's two leaks all to of... talk about. Really? Okay, because I know about the one that came out, the, which is essentially the scene of him uh, on the highway, which uh -huh. ended up being more. in the film. But wait, okay, I know about there's that one. more. <laughs> I mean, for a movie that was in development hell for 15 years, there's been so much like this is little, Deadpool is literally Ryan Reynolds' passion project from the moment he was in cast in X-Men Origins, Wolverine, but like even before that. Before that. By five Before years. That? So yeah. Ryan Reynolds, Hit the, me with it. the Deadpool movie started pre-production development, so to speak, in 2000. Nah. Yes. In 2000. And then somehow, someway, it just kind of sat idly by before they made any progress. Then four years later, 2004. Ryan Reynolds gets cast as Deadpool five years before X-Men Origins Wolverine. So he was just <laughs> like, we make jokes all the time about Black Adam, about The Rock being cast as Black Adam, and then we've seen nothing about it, even though it feels like it got announced a decade ago. Poor Ryan Reynolds just sitting on the sidelines just going, put me in, coach. I'm ready to slice and dice and be a wise, uh, smart aleck. Um, and then nothing. And I feel like I, this is just, me speculating i feel like they were possibly going to spin out his character out of x-men origins wolverine i feel like there's a lot of spin-offs that was rumored for that i remember hearing yeah. at one point x-men origins magneto was supposed to come out but then since yeah. x-men origins wolverine sucks so much i still find some enjoyment it's not awful but that scrapped a lot of the prequel slash origin movies that they were going to do and i wouldn't be surprised if it halted deadpool a little bit however after it had been just sitting idly by after the disappointment of X-Men Origins Wolverine, fast forward two years, actually, to 2011, and somebody, we will never find out who, someone went ahead <laughs> yeah, and okay. leaked the script online. Oh, really? Someone leaked the script online for fans to read. Fans loved it so much, and it actually caught the attention of the studio to the point that Fox commissioned a visual effects person to do a mock-up of what a scene from this movie would have been that little clip was directed by deadpool director tim miller which is where he fits into this story okay that visual effects mock-up that 3d animated scene ended up being fast forward three years what would get leaked in 2014 after the movie gets scrapped that we can more or less confirm that Ryan Reynolds leaked <laughs> yeah, that basically. scene online. So before there was the leaked test footage, there was the leaked script that fans resonated. So before fans resonated to the actual clip, they resonated with the script. But yeah. this goes as far back as 2000. I remember that leaked test footage. You're going, I do too. That was 
good. I was like, whoa, that was so good. And I think for a while, uh, at least for me, uh, I, at that time, I wasn't really that into the internet and, and whatnot. But like, uh, some people weren't sure if it was a leak, if it was a fan made thing, it, or what it was. And then uh, it kind of started getting spread around, and people were like, hey, yo, like, no, this was like test footage for a Deadpool movie, blah, blah, blah. And then just, everything because of the way they did deadpool in x-men origins wolverine we fans started to feel very much like no 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 like this has to happen you can't do do him like that that's not fair um and then this test footage came out and i think ryan absolutely knew what he was doing he absolutely was like no like the studio does not know how much people will love this movie and he was like I, i'll just you know what i'll show him watch this watch this hold my what are they gonna hold, do hold i'm ryan beer. reynolds yeah like what yeah exactly uh they can fire me then i guess i don't know um but like at the same time like the it, that's the thing that started everything and to the point because i'm pretty sure uh i'm looking kind of looking for my notes but like as soon as that test footage leaked and that the studio kind of saw the reaction they put it back on track they didn't fast track it, obviously, but they, they put the movie back on on track as far as to, to release it eventually in... 2016. Yeah. Because I remember I predicted how much it would make at the box office, and it was only off by like 5 or 10 million. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> well, when, it's, when it set the record for the biggest box office opening record for an R-rated movie, yeah, I'll pat yeah. myself on the back for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you. Um yeah, absolutely incredible. Like, I think it's one of those stories that, uh, as far as a movie getting out of development hell, um, it's very unique because it has a single actor and a single director basically being like, no, like, the studio does not understand how big of a movie this could be and how awesome this could be and really championing it and really, like, get, uh, the fans, I think, made this movie as much as as much as the directors and everybody else involved it, uh, involved in it did. Also, I give Ryan Reynolds full credit for wearing the mask as much as he does and doing so much of this. Mm -hmm. It's a voice acting performance as well as a physical, but like a lot of times, actors would like to show their face. It's also the same credit that I just gave Robert Pattinson with The Batman. Of You stayed in the mask the entire time. You didn't want to just mug for the camera, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Um, also, like I forgot, uh, so far the movies that we've talked about, I think are, we're all happy that they came out of development hell. Well, it's build head face music we forgot about that one and ghostbusters afterlife those i'm glad escaped development hell same with deadpool i'm it'll never be my super favorite superhero franchise but i'm mm -hmm. glad it exists so here's where i'm gonna bring up the first movie we'll talk about today that should have stayed in development <laughs> hell i'll be curious if josh knows where i'm going with this but um i don't this movie is often regarded as an abomination, an affront to filmmaking. Why did this happen? This movie took 15 years to make and four years to film because they're waiting for all the different actors to be available. I'm of course talking about movie 43. I can't believe you bringing up movie 43. Willingly. <laughs> willingly normally i just bring up skits from it because there's like two or three very memorable skits but like not memorable because they're funny memorable because they're just absurd they're <laughs> they're messed up man 
Halle Berry blows out the candles of a blind kid's birthday cake. But also, like, yeah, Hugh yeah, Jackman. Let's go. That... Yeah, Hugh Jackman. Just <laughs> Hugh Jackman in that movie. <laughs> I actually am getting lightheaded from the la- laughing. Uh, the, the, the movie... Oh, that uh, the Hugh Jackman skit is fantastic. I understand why it's gross and it's stupid, but I laugh at it every single time. No, the worst to me <laughs> with time, the one that's the most uncomfortable to watch is the Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris yeah. one. I'm just going, yeah. this is not <laughs> okay. Not so basically, the dude that came up with movie 43 wanted to do a whole bunch of stupid sketches and make them into one movie. Surprisingly. No studio wants to help make this movie happen. <laughs> no way. So they all shot it down for years and years and years. Then, when it did eventually get greenlit, and there was a whole bunch of famous people attached to this, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park, um, the Fairley Brothers, yeah! Uh, a whole bunch of different comedic names over time. And then they somehow managed to get a whole bunch of famous actors in it, like Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet, Halle Berry, Richard Gere. But all of them more or less kind of had the same excuse of, well, we'd like to be in your movie, but we're super, super busy, but we'll let you know when you're available. And this freaking movie had the balls to say, oh, you're busy? That's okay. We'll wait. And they <laughs> did. Like, like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I won't be available to film for your movie for, oh, man, I'm super busy. Uh, Two and a half years, that sound okay? Well, guess who came a freaking knocking two and a half years later going, oh, hey. Are you available yet? Oh, God, I forgot about that. Uh, what What am I doing? You're going to have this prosthetic on your chin. And how much am I going to be paid? All right, fine, if you get off my back. It's like movie 43, I'm sure, to these actors, was just like the spam that you can't filter out of your email. You still keep getting It's the telemarketer that keeps calling. You're like, just stop, okay? I'll do it. Then you can leave me alone. I don't understand how movie 43 was made. Like, did they just blackmail people? It, It's like a 90-minute movie so- that could have been shot in a weekend, but it took four years because no one wanted to be in it. That's just the making of it. It took 15 years to make the worst movie ever made. It took four months to make The Room. Come on! <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the contracts when th- for this movie were just, like, straight pay. Like, all right, cool. Like, Something no, under like, the we table, will literally like... pay you. Yeah, we'll literally pay you $15 million to be in this in this movie. But, like, that's it. No royalties, nothing. No attachment other than attachment to you. And it's like, like, you know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I joked about The Room, but movie 43 would have been the perfect movie for Tommy Wiseau to be in. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, God, dude, I, I never like the, the movie forty three is like one of those intrusive thoughts that comes at out at, at like come at comes at, at uh, 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 uh. no I can't. Oh, talk. what was that about? Um, I can't speak. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Hi, my name's Josh. English, I can't speak. do you speak it? <laughs> you speak it. <laughs> I can't speak, spell, or do arithmetic. Um, Josh is not a I speaking say, spell. <laughs> Those things were horrifying. <laughs> like, like, and, uh, but like movie 43 was one of those movies that like is an intrusive thought upon a good day. Just like, 
Oh man, yeah, I'm just having a great day. Movie 43. Oh my god, where did that come from? Get that out. Oh my I mean, goodness. Unless you're one of those weird people that just wants to see Leprechaun Gerard Butler kick Johnny Knoxville in the balls. Okay, but that's that's really funny. That's that was really funny. If you want to see Johnny this... Knoxville be funny, just see his WrestleMania match against Sami Zayn. Like, and I mean He's that with fantastic. I'll, I say that with full sincerity. Like, there's very few wrestling moments that I cheer louder at than seeing Wee Man body slam Sami Zayn. That was freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, I believe it. Um, oh, dude, there's just so many like good stories here. I've got like one, two, three, four, five. I got five. Of oh. Them. Knock some of those out. I got three more. Oh dang! Okay, um, I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna zoom past this one just because I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't like the film. Um, Frozen took seventy years to make. It really did. It I still really wish did. Elsa was the bad guy like they originally planned. Which, uh, but like, I at the same time, I un- having gone through and read the whole story of like the the whole development process like the fact that eisner himself had a bare minimum 20 meetings about it um blows my mind uh but like i understand why it doesn't work in a film context of like why she's the bad guy okay cool but you have to have a main character and that's going to do something in the film that's not her uh so like and i get in in the book she is kind of like just this bland villain and if she's going to carry the film she's got to be more interesting so like basically what started is it is somebody came up with the idea of the the ice queen having a sister and all of a sudden you know and and i think the if i remember right they were already in development in 2010 like they were already making the film the soundtrack was done and they gave the demo to uh, of Let It Go to the director for the first time, and he heard it and completely rewrote the entire film based on that song, because he it made merchandising. more sense. Well, yes, but like to his credit, it makes more sense to tell a story about someone who is who can be seen as evil and is. The going through a process of finding her place in the world and dealing with the trauma of being locked in a room her entire life. So, like, while I don't like the film that of, of Frozen that eventually released into 2013, um, I can appreciate the story process and just how many iterations they literally went through. They literally wrote whole scripts. And then whoever was ahead at the time didn't like it. Scrap. Go ahead, restart. Like for seventy years they did that for this one story. So like on a certain aspect, there is kind of like a, a moment of triumph that Frozen did end up being as big of a movie as it financially as it was paid off. Absolutely. So I mean, I don't want to. I I said I didn't want to go into the full story, but like totally, <laughs> just you know, that's just totally that's the whole story. Um, Speed Racer easily one of my favorite one of my favorite like odd movies legitimately started like the scripts were starting to be written in 1992 and they just bounced around from director to director and like you know as nor as 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 these kinds of things like that as that happens um 
And of course, you know, rights were were bounced around. Like legitimately in 1995, Johnny Depp was cast as the lead role in Speed Racer. In 1995. Like, wow. What? Like he was supposed to release like in two years after that. Um, obviously, he got scrapped uh, and just didn't see any light of day until about 2004. Uh, when Vince Vaughn was spearheading the revival of the project. Vince um, Vaughn? Mm -hmm, was originally cast as, as Racer X, which is crazy. I could see him in the John Goodman role. Oh, absolutely. Um, and of course, eventually the Wachowskis took over in 2006 and then released it in 2008. But like, seriously, like this movie has been something we'll talk about here in a minute. Like has been Warner Bros has had on the has has had the rights on the shelf, and has been working on it for since the early '90s, which is crazy to me. That Weird. like and like I I know Speed Racer is not everyone's peaks cup of tea. And, yeah, I I get that, and I, I I will say it's it is entertaining. Uh, it is good popcorn film movies, uh, but like you know, it's not like you're not going to be like, wow, that was some of the best film ever. I get that, but just like the fact that it, the movie took lit, Jesus, was ninety two to two thousand eight? The that's sixteen years. Sixteen, sixteen. I was, I, dude, I was close. I was There's too say much like math 15. for Josh in this episode. Uh, this is not this stop boning well. All right, I am down to my final three, my man. Same. So you had and one I think that least... started in the '90s. Yeah, I think our last one will probably be the same one. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> one, it's a movie Josh and I like, but two, it has to have the record for the longest in development hell cycle. Just to tee it up for you guys, this movie was in development hell for eight decades. Over 80 years, our final movie was in development hell. Okay, so Josh and I are on the same page. Um, yes, probably. Josh brings up Speed Racer, <laughs> starting production in the 90s. Well, one of the movies that I put on my list started development in 1997 and was originally written by the same guy that would go on to write Shazam and the Goosebumps movies, Will Smith's Gemini Man interesting okay cool 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 cool. it was originally set to star chris o'donnell and harrison ford what in the world <laughs> what but honestly <laughs> i don't know if that would have helped <laughs> i mean at least you could tell the difference between the young guy and the old guy at that point unlike the actual gemini man but okay tell me there's not a more 1997 statement than starring Chris O'Donnell and Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty early but 90s, that, my dude. Gemini Man had been bounced around for a lot of years with a lot of different directors. I feel like James Cameron was attached to it at one point or another, uh, but they always came back to it. It felt like the script wasn't coming together or the visual effects weren't coming together. And like movie 43, however, this movie's not nearly as bad. This is one of those that's just like, just pop that thing back in the oven. The middle is still doughy and not quite ready, but the ends are absolutely burnt to a crisp. There's no salvaging this cookie. You just ruined it. Just just toss it out and just start over. This had been in development for so long, switched hands so many times. This was not to the level of another movie that I would bring up had the movie ever come out. There's a certain project called a Confederacy of Dunces, which is like 
top of the list of movies in development hell that studios keep saying one day they'll make it. This Confederacy of Dunces movie that I'm mentioning was originally supposed to star Chris Farley. <laughs> it's been tossed around from from comedian to comedian. But Gemini Man fluctuated all over the place with different actors, different directors. When it eventually came out, it just pooped the bed. It does not... F- Gemini Man is that movie that you put on to show off your new TV to your friends. Because it was shot 4K. I think it was like 120 frames per second or something like that. I'm just going, mm-hmm. is this necessary? No, but is it cool? I, I guess it doesn't look no. quite natural. <laughs> but no, it's not cool. <laughs> no, it's not a very good movie, but it's at least pretty to look at. That's something we used to be able to say to Will Smith. Oh, yeah, that's a slap in the face. Um, okay, well, so so we're sticking with this, right? So you segued from the early 90s into Gemini, Gemini Man. Gemini. I, Gemini. Gemini Snicket Man. <laughs> I'm segueing from the, early, from the early 90s to 1994 when Metro Goldwyn Mayer dropped the mayor, sure dropped the original script for the Sonic film. And then, and then nobody heard from it ever again. Uh, so this until, is working out better so, than I thought. <laughs> until 2013, when Sony Pictures announced that it, that it had acquired the rights to the film. And everyone was like, I mean, okay, sure, I guess. Go for it. Um, and, and, then, <laughs> and then the infamous trailer in, in 2019. The nightmare um, fuel. God, which I guess I've seen screen caps of it being of that nightmare fuel being in Chippendale's yep. uh, Rescue Rangers, which is hilarious. It's funny that, they, that he's going by the name of Ugly Sonic. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like legitimately the Sonic movie has been in deve- like legitimate development hell since 1994. And then by its own doing and if you ask nathan it was it was on purpose um government conspiracy theory <laughs> uh put back Thanks, into obama. development somehow it's obama's back fault in, <laughs> back into development hell uh until until february 14 2020 when it came to the two theaters and quite honestly surprised everyone as far as being like is it the best movie ever made yes absolutely not absolutely not that's the second that's the second um, the second one's masterpiece the second one is a, oh my gosh if if, if nicholas cage was like uh oh, no nah, nicholas cage voice knuckles oh dude or okay, nicholas no, cage no, no. was dr robotnik oh, see but like so the thing is and we'll, we'll sidetrack it just a little sonic bit sonic me knuckles if, if sonic 2 if sonic 2 did not exist with jim carrey i would agree Jim Carrey is kind of phoning it in in the first one. In the second one, though, by golly, is he just like felt like that's 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 is, is that the mustache you're that. hoping to grow out there, Josh? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, how cool would that be? Just how, get like, some moose and like ridiculous. actually make a lightning bolt. Yeah, like hell, yeah, I just show up one day and there's like this giant foot long mustache. <laughs> I mean, you've already got the proper amount of hair on the top. Yeah, I just gotta start licking, uh, licking um, electric quills and drinking mushroom coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, where are you going with that? 
And then the opening of the Sonic 2, obviously. <laughs> All of a sudden, we just see Josh licking outlets. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that before. Like so anyway, moving child on. That he is. What's fantastic yeah. is Josh has just set me up perfectly, whether he realizes it or not. And Josh, you, you better not have put this on your list because you knew for a fact it was going to be on mine. It's great that you bring up Sonic because we got to talk about another video game movie. The definition of video game movies living in development hell. Uncharted! Oh! <laughs> my gosh! Y'all I know? legitimately... Dude. <laughs> you, you, you did not put it on your I, list because you knew it would did, be on mine? I didn't, but I was like... I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, Uncharted. That was in for a long time. I'm not going to put it on my list because Nathan will have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all, Uncharted, the first game... Drake's Fortune came out in 2007. Sony immediately knew they had a hit on their hands because in 2009, they started production on this movie. And boy, y'all are pissed about the Uncharted movie that ended up coming out. Y'all would have freaking hated the 2009 version because it would have seen the reunion of Robert Downey... Robert, not Robert Downey Jr. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, to which I'm just going... Who is playing which and what? Is Joe Pesci Nathan Drake? I would love that. No, actually, I would hate that. But around this time in 2009 is also when you get Mark Wahlberg cast as Nathan Drake. And unfortunately, he never left the project. Should he have left the project once he aged out of the role of Nathan Drake? Absolutely. Did he belong as Sully? No. No, he did not. And you can't tell me how many times he does. <laughs> it still bothers me to this day that in the Uncharted <laughs> movie, when Nate finally puts on the gun shops, yay, it's the Nathan Drake we know and love, immediately cuts the hard cam to Mark Wahlberg piling a ship. I don't care about him! Focus back on the movie's main character! <laughs> you editing moron! But cutting back to Wahlberg, originally attached back in 2009, American Hustle's David O. Russell, that actually worked out so much better out loud, uh, was originally tapped to direct. But over time, he dropped out. Insert a revolving door of directors and writers. At one point, Uncharted had the writers for National Treasure on board, and they didn't stick around. You waited too long, Sony. You already had the perfect writers. It was right there in front of you. So let's follow the train of thought here. I don't know, know specifically when David Russell dropped out, but then you get directors like Seth Gordon popping in, then Joe Carnahan of the A-Team and the Grey was attached for quite a long time. Honestly, I'm glad Joe Carnahan's version didn't come out because he's like, Uncharted as a game franchise is very distinctly R-rated, so we're, that's what we're kind of hoping for. I'm going... <laughs> what? <laughs> what game are you playing, what my dude? What games did you play? <laughs> it's definitely a PG-13 adventure franchise. But then Joe Carnahan left, thank God. Um, then the one that still pains me to this day. Free Guy and the Adam Project Sean Levy was attached to direct at one point. He was attached for quite a while, and then eventually he dropped out, which made way for 10 Cloverfield Lane's Dan Trachtenberg to come in. I got super excited. Around the time that I think Sean Levy or Dan Trachtenberg was on board is when Tom Holland jumped on board and they're like, hey, Mark Wahlberg, 
This project's taking so freaking long that you're now old enough to be Sully. He's still really not. But, um, we're just gonna give the role to somebody else because you've aged out of it. And Tom wanted to do a Bond movie and they told him no, so they turned it into this. Look it up, that's actually what happened. Um, then Dan Trachtenberg left. <laughs> that's actually what happened. Tom Holland was like, I want to make a James Bond prequel, but you don't know it's a James Bond prequel until the end. And then they're like, nah. Well, I'm bored when making Spider-Man, so I was just playing Spider- I was just playing Uncharted 4 a lot in my trailer, and Tom Rothman's going, you genius! You want to be on Uncharted? Uh, do I get paid? Absolutely, boy! Okay, then. Sure, why not? Uh, Tom actually is the best thing about Uncharted. He really is a good Nathan Drake, whether you'd like to admit or not. Um, Dan Trachtenberg leaves, which makes room for Venom and Zombieland director Ruben Fleischer, who is a good director, but he- I don't think was the right fit for Uncharted. At the end of the day, am I happy that this movie got out of development hell? Absolutely, because it was in production since 2009. It finally came out. And that means, hopefully they can learn from their mistakes and do better for the sequel. We can have Mark Wahlberg actually act like Sully, give him the mustache for more than one scene, get a new director, and most importantly, get a new composer! God, the music was terrible. You only used the Uncharted <laughs> theme once in the actual movie, twice if you count the Nolan North cameo, and then once at the end during the end credits. But guess what? If you're actually hoping to hear the Uncharted theme on the soundtrack that you can find, it's not even there. They couldn't be bothered to put the Uncharted theme on the Uncharted movie soundtrack. Get a new freaking director. Pacific Rim's style does not fit for an Uncharted movie. I'm happy this movie made it out of development hell so the sequel can be better. <laughs> oh, we almost went a couple weeks without a, without an Uncharted rant. Almost. Uncharted isn't... <laughs> I guess we've, amped up. we've been months without a Bob Chapek one. I need one of those to unload on sometime soon. He, he's been laying low lately. He's, he's stockpiling yeah. the hate. It's almost like his job was on the line. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Bye-bye. Come February. Yeah. You'd be really furious, I think, if he if he was still around uh, come next year. Um, speaking of furious, uh, Mad Rax for Yuri Road was in development hell forever. <laughs> okay. So, like, how I didn't put on – how Josh didn't put Uncharted on his list – I didn't put Mad Max because I know Josh. <laughs> like legitimately. So <laughs> today when I was doing all of like the research for this and stuff like that, I was like, oh, Mad Max for your road. Oh, that's crazy. And like went through all the lists of stuff, was like learning the history and stuff. And I was like, man, I should go watch that. <laughs> I love that uh, movie. So I, love, I love Fury Road so much. Um, uh, so much. I, it's one of the one of the tattoos I have planned. It's going to be a Fury Road inspired, um, inspired. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so like, what I didn't know is that, uh, like George Miller had lost the right, the movie rights to Mad Max uh, way back in the day. That Warner Brothers had owned Mad Max for a long time until 1995 when jo George Miller like got the rights back. Um, he, of course, 
automatically was like, all right, well, I want to do something, man. I, I've got a fourth installment uh, that I've been thinking about, you know, like legitimately he's told a story where he's like walking across like a crosswalk and like has an, uh, has an epiphany of, of, of like, Oh, what if, you know, violent marauders were fighting not over oil or goods, but for human beings. Oh, wow. That'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the actual quote. That's that literally what he said, which is, yeah, quite literally exactly what happened Again, in the movie. For those listening at home, this is the same guy that directed Babe and Babe <laughs> Pig in the City. Gotta love it. <laughs> so they were And also did a Justice League movie. Almost. They, they did, almost. Um, they originally were set to shoot in 2001. Um... But something happened in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were literally scheduled to start filming early September 2001. And so obviously due to um, certain events that uh, of 9-11, um, the movie was postponed. It was a combination of that um the dollar like i guess according to miller himself like the american dollar collapsed and it, against the australian dollar uh, australian dollar and so like their budgets just the because of the money transfer like they couldn't the budget just ballooned and they couldn't get a get a grasp on it because uh the the values were just going crazy so while he waited he went and did you know happy feet um which is <laughs> like what all right whatever it's weird so, <laughs> so weird um so just like a he just did all this other stuff and like constantly rewriting doing all kinds of pre-production and all kinds of of um location scouting but also didn't he run into some issues with australian wildfires too yeah yeah absolutely well between that and the the iraq war there was a lot of travel travel restrictions that kind of limited that um, because, cause like they, they, what was really tough there was that they had literally been greenlit for a, a budget of a hundred million. And then, then the I- Iraq war happened and they couldn't go anywhere. So yeah, but that, uh, so eventually though, they, they get the, um, Tom Hardy gets, gets in on the pro- project, gets cast in about in 2010 and it just finally starts to get the ball rolling, um, wrapping filming in 2012. And then uh, they, they went back and shot some additional stuff in 2013 and finally released in 2015. But, and and is seriously one of my favorite movies of all time, but Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron hated each other. Yes, they did. Um, but it's just interesting to me that, um, as someone that like that was just growing up in those times, I guess I never realized until now as an adult on how much world events actually affect movies. Like, I guess I had always heard like that, you know, the, the ending of born ultimatum was completely rewritten because of nine 11. So it was, it was interesting to see. Spider-Man got some scenes deleted and their first teaser mm -hmm. trailer got removed forever. Yeah. So it's just like, it's very interesting that like how that, George Miller literally since 1995 has been like, yeah, I want to make a fourth one. Let's make a fourth one. Let's do this. And it wasn't until 2015, which is, God, that's forever. So it's just cool. It's a decade, actually. So just a decade. Last but not, well, last but not least, at least not for Josh and I, because we still fervently defend this movie, because I'm assuming Josh and I have the same one here, 
it is we'll, the we'll, movie. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it is the movie that is the definition of development hell, because believe it or not, the first attempt at making this as a movie dates back as far as 1931 as an animated feature first, and that is John Carter of Mars. Interesting. No, we don't, we don't have the have... same one. Correct. That is interesting. Okay. Oh, so, oh, you went for I mean, a trip, my man. Oh, yeah, let's go, baby. Hit me John with John Carter was a cluster F to make because dating as far back as 1931, there was an, there was an attempt at an animated feature of John Carter, but the problem that always arose, both animated and live action, was it was too expensive. There was just never the technology to properly capture it because it's hard sci-fi before the world was really ready for it. So it was in various stages of development. Um, fast forward to the late 80s, actually. And Disney has the rights current... Well, it's not a rights thing because John Carter of Mars is actually in the public domain. Uh, yeah. Disney tries to make a movie in the late 80s with Tom Cruise in the lead role. But eventually, for whatever reason, the movie falls apart. But before they do, they try one last ditch effort to try and get the script working. So they hire George R.R. Martin to help pen the script and kind of touch up the script a little bit. I told you, man, we go on a trip. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so... Uh, eventually George R. R. Martin can't crack it, probably because he more than likely didn't finish it like everything else. Um, so eventually Disney gave up and gave the okay for Paramount to try their hand at it. And they tried it first with some up-and-coming director named Robert Rodriguez. Then, when he couldn't crack it, it was handed off to some other Mandalorian director by the name of John Favreau. Who is coming off other Mandalorian? <laughs> That's great. That's uh, crazy. Who is coming off his movie line. Zathura not too long ago? So he was still kind of dabbling in that hard sci-fi visual effects realm. Well, Paramount couldn't crack it either, so it went back to Disney, who still couldn't figure out what to do with it, and they were just kind of floating around. When Andrew Stanton, the director. Uh, Finding Nemo and one of the very first animators at Pixar in the very early days found out that Disney was eyeing making the movie and he was a huge fan of it so he basically went to the higher ups and was like I need to make this movie so what ended up happening is this was his first live action movie and it kind of ends up showing so he gets John Carter but then the marketing kind of screws them over the trailers basically do not show or properly illustrate what the movie is to the point of there's a super fan of John Carter. I forget the the channel's name, but he basically recut the trailer showing, okay, this is how I think it'll go based off of how it is in the book. And that was actually ended up being used by Disney, if I remember correctly, and go, Interesting. oh, that's much better. Uh, but yeah, John Carter would ultimately get accused when it eventually did come out of, oh man, you just copied from Star Wars, this or the other thing, without people realizing that this has been in development for so long, that the original book was actually what inspired Star Wars and other stuff to be 
begin with. Um, the princess wow. with the gold bikini. That first came from John Carter flying spaceships, um, desert planets. That's all really comes from John Carter of Mars first. And so many studios wanted it, one, because it was public domain, but two, it basically writes itself for print money with your new sci-fi world. It always became too expensive to make, though, was the issue. Um, hmm. And the budget ended up being close to like 150, 200 million for the final product. Like it was massively expensive. Now, now I'm very curious. I thought we were on the same page with this one because John so, Carter is John Carter. John Carter. We talked about that so much on this show. I, yeah, uh, we also talk about another movie a lot. That um, really, what's interesting is. Uh, so a, th- a theme here with all of our films has been the reason that it's been in movies are in development hell usually is because they can't get people to stay on the project. They can't get people and you can't keep directors, can't keep writers. Well, in this case, they had the writers, they had the directors, but Disney just did not at any cost, want to make Treasure Planet. I knew you were going Treasure Planet. (laughs) I didn't put it because I was thinking once they actually were given the okay to start the movie, they didn't run into any issues. It wasn't so much the development process. It was the approval process. I guess. Uh, I guess. Okay. But because Josh, like Josh, explain to the people at home what I'm talking about of the approval process was sickish so, for this movie. I was dumb and did not look f- I did not get the director's Musker name. and Clements. Yes. Where was it? Okay. John Musker anyway, and uh, Ron Clements. Yeah, fantastic. Like literally Who also made name... cameos in the movie. Yes. Then there was a give Jim Hawkins directions to the RLS <laughs> legacy, which is Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> literally name a movie that that affected you in your childhood and they from disney and they most likely were the ones responsible hercules aladdin uh uh uh, uh last little mermaid moana like, moana <laughs> but like quite literally we will not besmirch those... the name of moana here i no i no, 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 just, that's later though that's what's way later back in 1985 they approached Disney with this story. Yeah, 1985. They literally, that was when the first meeting they had when they pitched the story of Treasure Planet, which which is essentially Treasure Island, but in space. In space. <laughs> um, which is like, it's a cool idea. So Disney basically was like, yeah, that's cool. We'd really prefer you to do these projects instead. And like, so I think they literally... They went from that meeting and went and worked on Little Mermaid. And then they were, after that, they were like, okay, cool. Now can we make it? And they're like, ah, we'd really prefer if you did Aladdin for next. Okay. Or or I forget the – I'm forgetting the order of it, but, like, it legitimately, like, it was like they kept making a movie and then going back to Disney and be like, okay, now can we make it? It was specifically like, no, 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 no. Jeffrey Katzenberg's fault, and Jeffrey Katzenberg was not yeah. well-liked by Disney animators. No. Which is, yes, but it's okay. He would go out of DreamWorks constantly. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Careful, because DreamWorks has done some fantastic things. True, but when Jeffrey Katzenberg signed up and joined DreamWorks, his blatant goal was, "Hey, let's just copy Disney." 
You know what DreamWorks' first movie was? Ants, two months before A Bug's Life. And then Ants is way weirder. <laughs> and, and DreamWorks' biggest movie up until that point was a movie about an ugly creature that makes fun of Disney fairy tales. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. I think not. <laughs> Thank you, Incredibles. Uh, but literally, like, just actual decades of them going back and forth with Disney of like, hey, okay, so we did the movie. Can we do our Treasure Planet thing? Like, uh, just go ahead and do that. All the way up until finally in 2000. So from 1985, when they first had the had this idea, to 2000, when unfortunately hand-drawn animation is starting to go out of style they're starting to get more in into computer drawn and and computer animated so it, it it's starting to it's right on there on that transitional point to point certain points it tried to make use of techniques that they that were developed on tar in tarzan and it just it made the movie way too expensive and to the point where in 2002 it basically flopped even though to this day it's got a pretty solid cult following but i will lead disney... that cult we will all drink the jim oh, kool-aid absolutely oh uh, kool-aid and jim does not belong in the same no, my bad no, yeah no no uh the jim hawkins like, kool-aid i mean yeah 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 uh but like disney as a company literally never does not acknowledge this film um, it puts it in the same category as uh, the Black Cauldron, which I think is unfair. Um, no, no, no. Disney puts this thing in the same category as Home on the Range and how much they talk about this. No, oh, true. Because, like, to me, Treasure Planet is, if you want to do a live-action remake, if we're doing those now, like, to me, that is, like, that is easy money right there, at least in today's scope. Like, you've got a, a, a character who is uh what, what what's the story it's like it's like a it's, it's, it's a it's a teen to man kind of story it's a coming of age there it is it's a coming of age story <laughs> i was trying to remember what the words were man i it was right there right on the tip of my tongue um <laughs> it's a coming of age story it's got adventure and swashbuckling it's and... a boys to men story <laughs> It's a boys to men. Um, boys to men doing the soundtrack for Treasure no, Planet. No, 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 no. I it's would listen Phil to Col that. It's going to be Phil Collins. Um, no, and no. Goo Goo Dolls <laughs> coming out of retirement. Dang it. I will accept no substitutes. Actually, it, technically, it wasn't even the Goo Goo Dolls. It was just no. the one Goo Goo. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even all of them. Uh, it was just funny. But he's still but like, here, dang it. <laughs> still here. but like it to me is like and i agree like technically it's not development hell sure but it still took like josh just wanted decades. to talk about treasure planet <laughs> <laughs> yes i was like i quite literally when i was making this list i was like all right movies that escape development hell space start list treasure planet okay now time to go look for some <laughs> wait you're saying how to Train Your Dragon took more than two years to make development hell. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> it took three years to make. <laughs> That's average for an animated movie. 
<laughs> development hell. Oh my gosh. But yeah, the Church of Planets to me is I, I I just don't know why at this point we're not. I mean, I know why, but yeah, I it's because Bob Chapek's in charge. Yes, I think I'd like to think that. Um, oh no, it's not Eisner. No, who was the guy that before Chapek? Iger. Iger. I get the Eisner and Iger confused. Michael um, Eisner, but, Bob Iger, Bob Paycheck. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only know the last names. Um, I think if Iger was still in charge, I think eventually we probably would have gotten around to doing Treasure Planet. I'd like to think that. Anyway. The weird thing is, like, but, we're we're doing all the ones from the Disney Renaissance. Soon enough, we'll we'll get around to the two thousands. We'll get a live action version of Home on the Range with <laughs> modern CGI. We'll get a CGI live action. Uh, brother bear movie with phil collins returning bro actually don't tempt me because that would be super cool and then i'd be so do a disney that. plus live action series about just the moose dudes with not even the bears and it. it's just the moose guys let's be honest <laughs> I, I would watch the crap out of that yeah I don't, I don't hate i don't hate that idea i don't hate that idea at all <laughs> and then we'll get a cgi live action uh chicken little with zach braff as the chicken man I mean, if we can get a live-action Tarzan, that'd be cool. Eh. Can no, he have didn't. a beard we... this time? Because that still bothers no, me. No, 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 no. Why no, is no, Tarzan no. clean-shaven with no beard? We never <laughs> see him with shaving tools, hey, ever. Okay. And his but... dad had a baller beard. His dad had <laughs> a mutton chop. That is true. <laughs> I so agree. you can't I was tell like... me it's not in his jeans. <laughs> <laughs> in my head i was like i mean some people just cannot grow beards Absolutely. but his I dad had the chops. his dad is literally shown with like mass like a massive beard so yeah no i agree <laughs> and uh like if they're gonna do it can we please get like book accuracy where he snaps gorilla's necks with do it by doing a full nelson and then you know like you know a full Nelson? He does that sh- that crap in the books, and he like he'll put it on gorillas, and the gorillas don't know what to do, and they're like squirming around. And he just goes, "Jeez!" Also, <laughs> let's tie this all together while we close this up. You know who all wrote? Right. You know who wrote Tarzan? Same uh, guy that wrote Collins? John Carter, Edgar Rice Burroughs. No way! Hold on! No way! Look it up, man. That's crazy. I'm good at this. <laughs> See, this is I'm here just because it's funny to hear a guy battle babble about movies who doesn't actually know what he's talking about. And then you're like, yes, but you're not far off. <laughs> Edgar Rice Burroughs is Illuminati confirmed. We're bringing it around. It's all connected in the circle of life. Lion King oh development hell movie. Maybe. I don't know. Well, what do you guys think? What are some movies that you've seen that somehow escaped the phantom zone that is development hell? Was it better off for escaping development hell? Or should it stay in the oven a little longer and finish marinating? Because that's how ovens work. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments. We always like hearing from you guys. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to 700 subscribers <sighs> so we can talk about Darth Jar Jar on the pod. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.